Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 30 with Murdy with your host, Sweeney Murdy. Welcome back, everyone. 30 years ago this month, the World Series was interrupted by an earthquake, a 6.8 quake on the Richter scale that shook Candlestick Park in San Francisco about 20 to 30 minutes before the scheduled start of Game 3, what was called the Bay Bridge Series between the Giants and the A's. A portion of that bridge collapsed during this quake, and the magnitude of it wasn't immediately known to the fans in the ballpark. But as news began to spread, it became apparent that there was extensive and deadly damage across the Bay Area. The game was postponed, players and fans were sent home, and only then did people begin to get a clearer picture of exactly how much destruction had taken place. Among the reporters covering the World Series was WFAN's own Susan Waldman, who within minutes of the quake was at a working phone, remember, no cell phones in 1989, and she was on the air with some of the first reports anywhere of what was going on. On the TV broadcast, Al Michaels and Tim McCarver had begun to preview Game 3 before managing to blurt out that an earthquake was taking place just as the TV feed cut out. Recently, I sat down with Susan to talk about the memories of that event 30 years later, her recollections of the moment and the hours and days that followed. This recording coming up is from the WFAN archives. It is from the evening of October 17, 1989, just minutes after the earthquake hit at 8.04 p.m. Eastern Time. Susan and I listened to this clip together, and that's when our conversation began. This is Gary Cohen in the WFAN studios. There's been a major earthquake in San Francisco. Let's go out to Susan Waldman at Candlestick Park. Susan, what's the situation there? Okay, Gary, I'll tell you, this is as scared as I've ever been in my life. This is an earthquake here, a 6.8 on the Richter scale. This upper deck was absolutely shaking. The light stanchions were blowing back and forth. Phones have gone off. All the power is out in the city of San Francisco and in the city of Oakland. Uh, everyone is standing around here. People in the upper deck absolutely terrified to move, not knowing what to do. There's supposed to be an aftershock. Uh, everybody from the New York media wants me to say to everybody, we're all right so far. Uh, this is a, a very scary situation. Everyone is just sitting here to wait and see what happens. 6.8, they tell me, is a bad one. And I'll tell you, it, it, yeah, the guy from San Francisco is nodding his head. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and right now, there's, there definitely cannot be a game at this moment. There is no power here at all. Uh, people are just glued to their seats, not knowing where to go, because 50,000 people are not going to get out of this place all at once. What do you think hearing that? Boy, it's um, it's amazing because I remember that that whole situation so vividly. Um, when I talked about it, I was I remember I was getting notes. We were up in this up in the second deck, right in back of home plate, up in the second deck. That's where the auxiliary media was. If you weren't a beat writer, that's or you weren't a columnist that was big enough in, to be in the football. And I'm glad I wasn't in there in the football uh, press box. We, I remember getting notes from a young lady and they had televisions above us and I saw them start to sway and I looked up 
And the light stanchions, as I said, were, were going back and forth. And what I didn't describe, I remember um, they had a guy up on a pole putting on wind socks on like the flagpoles. And he was holding on to that thing for dear life as it was going back and forth. And they immediately knew what it was. I had no idea. And <clears throat> it was us in the, the New York press and um, the Boston Press was there, and a lot of the Oakland writers were there. The, a lot of the, the columnists were there. And also what I remember is that everybody's phone went out in the whole stadium except the one I was on, and the guy next to me, whose name is Les Grobstein, who was in Chicago, and Les, every time I see him, says, you know, I've still got nail marks on my arm from when you were doing your report back there, but for some reason um, it did not go out and I kept talking and you don't know what you're going to do in that situation and I just remember the look on the girl's face giving me the note she knew exactly what it was there's nothing to do and you see the televisions going back and forth and the press box the, that was the football press box was um, like down the third base line and above which would be center uh, the center of the football field and it was going back and forth I thought it was going to go over and it never did it was literally going at a 45 degree angle and then back and I also remember Sweeney thinking okay we're it's going to collapse I'm going to be okay because I'm going to fall the people below me and I, we were thinking those things and do you know that one seat collapsed in that whole place. Wow. The guy had just gotten up to go get a hot dog. Wow. And nothing collapsed at all. So if there was a place to be uh, when there's a major earthquake in San Francisco, it was Candlestick Park. I've heard this clip a few times before over the years. When was the last time you heard it? Oh, years ago. Years so ago. Here's, here are a couple of questions that popped to my mind as I'm, as I'm uh, listening back to it. Uh, first of all, like how soon after the earthquake happened? The earthquake happened about three minutes after 8, I think, Eastern time. So how many minutes after this are you calling and reporting this to the no, radio station? No, I, I was on the air. I was waiting to go on because it was 5.04. We were about to start. I was mm -hmm. going to do updates or whatever, set the scene. There was so much going on. I was on. That clip went on for a long time. I was on the air for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, also what I remember I saw, because I remember describing the players looking for their wives and families and not mm -hmm. what we do. And what happened right afterwards, it went on a long time, and people were, <laughs> were writing. And I remember um, one of the... Um, Oakland writers going over to Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe who was sitting there typing and he said how does it come out do we all leave do we all live <laughs> and it was it was amazing and people were packing up and leaving a lot of guys kept and I was on for a very long time and then I realized I better get out of there and I didn't know where I was or how I was going to get back and this was the scary part I went downstairs I probably was on the air it was a really long time I went down and you don't know how you react and I'm standing there and it's totally pitch black and there's no I didn't and there were no buses no mm -hmm. you know car service no nothing yeah can't and call an uber this is can't call an uber yeah. can't no no um no cell phones right. no nothing just my one phone and I remember running into Ricky Ricky Henderson and his mom Bobby and that's when I met Bobby and she said go out um, to that side and we talked for a while Ricky said well it stopped and why can't we play and I remember her him grabbing her grabbing him and saying let's we're going home and she said told me go out that gate if there's any kind of cabs if there are that's so so I'm standing there all by myself and I like I'm getting really nervous because I don't know anyone there's 50,000 people there 
And it's dark now too, it's, right? Yes, it's dark. It's getting dark. It's mm-hmm. six o'clock, mm-hmm. um, West Coast time. And Henry Hecht found me. I was walking. Henry Hecht wrote for um, the, at the Post. He was with Newsday when when I saw him, and he said, "I've got a ride. Come on, come with me." And he grabbed me, and <clears throat> in the car is me, Ira Burkow, and Henry Hecht. And the guy driving the car, whom I have never seen before, he wrote for Newsweek. And I had never met him before, but he had a car. And I got in the back, and <laughs> we're driving back, and no one knows, we can't see anything. I mean, it's dark, and there's no traffic lights, and we were driving through um, the mission section then, which was not built up then. Mm-hmm. And Ira Burkhaus said, there's a payphone. I've got to get out. I've got to see where Dave Anderson is. So we stopped the car, and it's not a neighborhood we want to stop the car in. And guys are in line to use the payphone. And Ira Burkhaus, I'll never forget this, goes over the line and says, excuse me, I'm Ira Burkhaus from the New York Times. I have to call my office. And these guys didn't know anything. And Henry is saying, Ira, get back in the car right now. Get back in the car. <laughs> it took us probably three hours to get back. I was staying at one of the hotels in Union Square. And Henry was there, and we had all, we walking around, we were dropped off and walking around Union Square, and there's glass everywhere, and the thing is a mess, and there's, you see red, and that's obviously blood from something. And for some reason, when I got to the hotel, um, my phones didn't go out. We had no lights, but the phones at whatever hotel, hotel it was yeah. in the hotel were there, so I called in. At that time, Steve Summers is on the air. Okay. Now, meanwhile, I had found Bill Madden and Marty Noble, who had cleaned out all the, all the mini bars and all the place, and I'm telling people we're okay because mm-hmm. um, people's wives were calling in. Yeah. We're all together. We're all okay because we knew where everybody was. The people at one of the hotels they had just had, Marty Noble was staying, the late wonderful Marty Noble was staying at a place where they had the first electronic doors and the yeah. mini bars were electronic mm-hmm. and they were using crowbars to smash in the mini bars so they could get in so because it was really scary but I remember saying we're all okay we're all okay and I listed everybody that was um, with us and I went to the uh, media hotel first and George King bless his little heart from the New York Post is sitting on the curb and they had those little they looked like um bug antlers with little green balls that had lights mm-hmm. and he's filing oh, yeah. his mm-hmm. story and that was his light wow. and it was and he's standing there and he's post he's probably on his little word processor or whatever it mm-hmm. was at the time and it was really something and the next morning I did go to sleep I was on a lot with Steve Summers and a lot of people went home I just stayed and was did city side and I remember walking around um, and I used to go get coffee at a little place on Maiden Lane which is a very lovely little street it was a little French place that had espresso and 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 she had beautiful little china and I walked in it was about six o'clock in the morning because I was going to hitchhike out to the Nimitz and I walked over there and everybody no one had slept and she was standing there and um the door was half open and not locked and she was looking at all her china all over the place and I remember saying can I help you pick things up and I you know I did I helped her pick up little things and they had no electricity she said I'd make you coffee but um, so I did that and then I took my World Series pass and I hitchhiked out to the Nimitz where the where the thing had, and they're looking at press passes and I showed them my World Series yeah. pass mm-hmm. and the cop says yeah go ahead go ahead and that is where I met Dave Stewart for the first time Dave Stewart had gotten a generator 
and had brought it out to where the, the, the um, highway collapsed and was making coffee for the policeman. And I walked around there and the policeman had said, see that little, um, it was probably the size of your cell phone, it's a little piece of uh, metal and it was red going through it and he said, that was a car yesterday. And they were looking for people, obviously, and, um, and it, was, it was an awful thing. And I just watched, and that's when I became friends with, with Stuart, because we talked about it, and I helped him a little bit. And, and I went back and walked around the city and like, tried to help, and I really watched them cleaning things up and I was on FAN a lot and mm. um, I remember having a big fight and hanging up you could do that in those days Rev was pay phones <laughs> yeah. slam the phone down like I used to do with dog slam um, I remember one thing this was before uh, we had the meeting Faye Vincent held a meeting and it was in the St. Francis Hotel and there were candles in the room because there was no lights and I was with Dan Shaughnessy and some of the Boston guys and we were walking over glass and and rubble and just awful and and I remember Faye Vincent saying that uh, well we're gonna play this we're gonna give them uh, a few days but we're gonna continue this but we have to stop it for a while and I remember one of the writers saying um, yeah that's really a good good idea we don't nobody wants to like be stepping over bodies going to a World Series and I just did a lot of city side I went out to the marina where um, I did not see Joe DiMaggio standing in line to get back into the marina in his apartment but um, Bob Clappish did and I know that he wrote about that a lot of the guys that you wouldn't, you'd be surprised about went home. I didn't go home. Yeah, that was, I was going to say, like, there's, there was a 10-day break mm-hmm. between, from when the uh, earthquake happened to when the World Series ha- started again. Obviously, there are newsworthy things happening there that you could stay for, but you could also, you know, 10 days away from home, that's a lot, too, when there's nothing happening. So you stayed the entire 10 days in San Francisco? I did, indeed. I did, indeed. We went back out. We took the BART. And that's where I also met Sandy Alderson for the first oh. time because we were taking the BART back and forth, mm-hmm. um, Oakland to, um, and they had that, they had press conferences and they were doing things and I just went around the city and and you try and help and you watch these people I just fell in love are you taking notes at that point I mean what are you doing are you are you getting audio from people with your recorder or are you just doing what you do doing it and calling calling the phone I remember having a big fight with the late Bill Mazur on Mm. the air in a couple of days saying well they should be playing this because they played in the second world war and I remember saying to Bill uh yeah but they weren't bombing San Diego at the time And, and I remember those kinds of fights but it was it was watching a city recover I went to press conferences with councilmen and the mayor and they were very open with everybody and it was just a you just you know you don't know what you'll do and you just want to help people one day one of the writers um, Kit Steer who wrote for the Oakland Tribune had said you're gonna have a mental breakdown take the day off and go in a car go someplace and I got on a boat and I went to Tiburon which is by Sausalito and I was walking in a little jewelry store and they had been putting and I said oh that's really pretty and I told them what I was doing and I looked and they had some emerald green A's buttons and he said do you know Dave Stewart and I said well yeah I do he said um, would you give him this I want to thank him for something this give this to him for his mother a green you know it wasn't mm-hmm. real emeralds but it sure. was it was beautiful yeah. and I said yes I'd love to and and Dave was really moved and he gave it to his mom and I said this is uh, the guy who owns a jewelry store in, in Tiburon says thank you for what you did but you couldn't leave it was yeah. you couldn't leave I mean if you have any kind of reporter instinct or if you have any kind of humanity I want to help people you know you, I want to do what you can do I, I could have gotten on a, on a bus I suppose or a plane whatever they were doing in those days you were covering baseball for only a few years at that point but 
I have a feeling you'd visited San Francisco quite a bit over the years, hadn't you, before that? Um, or was, I, that, was that some of your first? N- no, no, I'd, you no, been I'd, there, no really? I'd been there, but mm-hmm. I was in theater. And yeah, then, yeah, you that's know, what I'm saying. Did, like, yeah, had, so you'd visited the yeah. city plenty of oh, times. Oh, I'd been at the city, knew the but, area. but I knew the area a little bit. The mm-hmm. other thing was, um, Sweeney, honestly, that was the first thing where anybody took me seriously because I didn't leave. And I remember um, asking some of the, because also I had water in my hotel room. Mm-hmm. And I remember the guys, the guys came in and took showers and used the phone and all that. And, and it was the first time that anybody in New York ever took me seriously, the other writers. So I wasn't going to leave. And it's just, it was something that, you know, it, it, should be, it should be told. It should be remembered. And there's no way, I've always loved that city. I've always loved that place. And, um, you know, I had friends that went to Berkeley, and I just loved it there. And to watch a whole community after all that death and all that destruction. Um, one of the big, you'll know, the, there's a bar that I'm sure you know you're familiar with called the Barbary Coast down from the mm-hmm. St. Francis. Mm-hmm. If you had a media credential on, you could go and get free Irish coffees oh, all day long. Okay. And that's what you do know that, that the Irish coffee came from San Francisco. That was oh, where okay. they, yeah, see, oh. I learned a lot that, that thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, the, uh, I think the interesting thing here is that, you know, I, listening to some of the comments that people were saying about, you know, con- continuing the World Series, it was still really important for Major League Baseball because if we think back and remember what was happening that year, that's the year that the entire year from March until August, it was the Pete Rose saga. Bart Giamatti dies yeah. uh, 10 days later. Yeah. And so this is the World Series. It's a chance for baseball to put a good face on what's been a horrible year. And then this happens in the middle of it. It was very important. For, I don't. They weren't insensitive to what was going on, but it was important for them to have their jewel event. They did it correctly. They did it absolutely correctly, and they started it at the right time. I got to meet a lot of the people, and a lot of them are still there, supervisors and people from the city of San Francisco, and they they wanted it to happen. But it was almost like, please just let's, let us bury our dead, and then we'll, we'll do this. They wanted it to happen, and it also became an event, because the only thing running, don't forget, the only thing running was the BART. And that was and that's how people got in. So you're in cars with players and executives and all these people going back and forth. Um, and you know, then obviously in Oakland. And I've known a lot of those Oakland players for a very long time, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. And you know, you wanted to work. And I remember also when the um, when it finished and we were out in the parking lots and I was covering it. Bobby Bobby Henderson had said uh, I saw him her. So something to Ricky and Ricky came and get me and he said mom wants you to come have a drink with us <laughs> so we had a you know you got um, you know them differently I'd known Dennis Eckersley obviously for years you know him a little differently uh, Dave Stewart that was my that we be, we've been friends forever since then it you something bonded you if you know if you were there um, you know like every every now and then I'll kid George about you know when you're going to get another pair of those mm-hmm. what are they called like ant, they looked like little yeah, bobble things you, you know but it was and people that stayed there you're bonded together for it forever it's because it's something that it was terrifying and how you handle it says a lot about who you are the uh, ceremony before game three is 10 days after the earthquake they have game three finally they had a ceremony before the game that honored the first responders and they did you know i'm wondering if when they did all those things back at 9 11 also the first games back did the same types of memories come back to you when you saw what was happening on the field there versus what you saw in 89 no because this was something different this was an act of God, and you can't do anything about it. And no. the terror went, of course, you know, I don't know about me and 
events like that. I was on the Bruckner and saw the mm-hmm. second plane going into the, the second tower. Um, but it, that's a, a different thing. That, you know, that first of all, that's your city. I, you can bond with a, another city and the humanity, but it's not yours. Right. And we all knew people. We knew policemen who weren't coming back at the stadium. We knew, I, I went down in 9-11, went down and played with the German Shepherds. There were 90 of them in, a, in Houston Street because they couldn't find people. So they were asking if you, if you knew anything about Shepherds and you were good with Shepherds, would you come down so and play hide and seek with them so mm-hmm. the dogs wouldn't go crazy? It, that was very different. But the first responders, it was very, it, it was different. I think it was almost innocent because it was a it was an earthquake yeah. and they've had earthquakes before i do remember standing some of the rubble like a jerk and be singing um san francisco like jeanette mcdonald did mm-hmm. in the movie san francisco right at the place in front of the fairmont hotel and, and you know because that's where she was and and it was it was something but it was it was different an act of god is different than an act of man were there any other aftershocks did you feel anything else again the rest of the week the 10 days you were there i don't remember mm-hmm. there were i didn't feel them the, the other thing that stuck out to me about listening to your report, you said this is in the moments right after the earthquake hit is when you're calling back. And you had a measurement. Where did you, where did you, 6.8 on the Richter scale. Uh, where did this information come from so quickly? Boy, do I not remember yeah. that. I oh. don't know. But the, well, the guys from San Francisco were all yeah. there. And there must have been some, we didn't Something have those happened. computers. No, and it's like you weren't on Twitter. No, I, we weren't yeah. on Twitter and the televisions <laughs> no. went out. So I'm not, I'm so, not but, sure. You know what, uh, you know what it is? I know what it was. Um, a lot of the guys were talking into their offices. Les Grobstein was talking to his office okay. in Chicago. We were the only one. How about one girl, a girl from t- New York and a guy from Chicago. We were the mm. only phones that stayed in the entire thing. What, how wow. about that? Yeah talking about an act of God and I think it was Les who actually had gotten it from his guy in Chicago and that's how I I found out what it was. Did games three and four feel normal? I mean once they started up again you know the Giants and the A's are trying to win a World Series and you know the A's won in four games but did the games themselves feel normal in any way? Were Were the players talking about the actual playing of the games? Not to me, they weren't yeah. normal, and I don't think if they played them. And I think there was a lot of I don't remember anything about the games except the team I wanted to win won. But um, I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember um, when we when we when you'd go into the clubhouses afterwards, or you'd see guys on the field. No one was talking about the game. There was no champagne celebration either. Um, I mean, that was obviously out of respect to everybody that was there. So they they again kind of striking the right notes. They did, a, they did. I hate to put a, a thing on it like that, but they did um, a wonderful job. And they balanced, uh, we go on with our lives, but we're going to honor, I mean, hundreds of people died. I mean, it was not, it was just an awful thing. And um, a lot of the city was destroyed. And to watch them put their lives back um, was remarkable. And they wanted to, they wanted to have this. I remember when the mayor came out and was talking to everyone, talked to us. I'm sure I interviewed him. I know I did uh, with my big Morants that weighed 10 pounds. <laughs> I, and I, I remember that because they were very grateful to talk to anybody. They wanted it out there, what they were doing. And, um, you know, and it was great. And FAN and I won an international radio award for that. And we were up against the guy who's the soccer announcer whose stands collapsed. Remember, that was oh, the same year okay. the, the stands wow. collapsed. And yeah, so it was, it, you don't know what you're going to do in that situation. But it was you know, something that you don't, you don't forget that. You don't forget any of it. I don't remember. I don't forget the, I don't remember the ball games. I don't. I know that Oakland won in four. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember being in the days off. You could go into the clubhouses before games. Remember, you'd go out there for a workout. No one was talking about the game. 
Um, you showed me something earlier this year, 30th anniversary. Obviously, they remembered in San Francisco when, when you and the Yankees went out there yeah. before. You were honored by the city of San yeah. Francisco. Tell me about that. I got a proclamation. It was um, two women that work for a local newspaper there who were friends with some of the, the councilmen. And, they, and in San Francisco, you know, we usually go to Oakland, but this is where we were going to the Giants. And so they knew, oh, the Yankees are in. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if she's still there. And one of the women who worked at one of these newspapers, oh, I listen all the time. She's a New Yorker. And she got everyone, they gave me a proclamation um, from the city of San Francisco. And it was beautiful. I was floored. And I read it. And they had all my accomplishments. And helping the humanity, of, the humanity was in there. That's why mm-hmm. I've used it a lot in that proclamation. And I remember meeting some of those people. It's 30 years later, and some of them are still there. And it, it was beautiful. It's all, I have it framed, and it's up in my, my office, and they brought it to me in the booth before the game. They said, I don't want to bother you, but, and it was all in a beautiful matted form, and I got a frame for it, and, and it's, it was very moving, tremendous. I remember one of the things that, they, that uh, the TV you would tell us right away is that you know, they, a section of the Bay Bridge collapsed, a portion of the Bay Bridge. Well, for fans who don't know that, you know, the Yankees obviously don't play the Giants every year, but they play the Oakland A's every year. And when you go to Oakland, you stay in San Francisco and you drive across the Bay Bridge. So I would guess that we've probably driven over the Bay Bridge a couple of hundred times in the years since then. Does it cross your mind every single time? No, it's a new bridge. It's gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it did for a long time. Um, The other thing is about that, about that bridge, um, it was five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it wasn't two o'clock in the morning. Right. So there were. That's where a lot of the death was right there because the, um, remarkably there wasn't a lot in the fire down at the marina where those wonderful apartments are. Um, the Nimitz where the highway collapsed, a section of the highway, but that bridge. Just think about it. Just think about going over the George Washington at five o'clock in the afternoon. And, and a lot of people were saying that because the World Series game is on the West Coast, it was starting at five o'clock. Pacific time for television on the East Coast, they think that probably saved a lot of lives too because there were people a lot home. of people already home or at the game. That's exactly right. And and if it were earlier, those people would have been um, coming over the bridge to go the other way, you know, from mm-hmm. Oakland, from the East Bay, because it was Oakland. Um, but I, I thought of that all the time, the time of it, five o'clock in the afternoon. And I think the World Series, the fact that people were either home having parties or had already gotten to the park. Um, did help save a life not enough but it saved a lot of lives had you ever have you ever either before or since been part of another earthquake no no it was it's the most terrifying thing you know you can prepare for a hurricane you know a tornado you get scared when it happens but you know it's coming this can come out of nowhere what i did learn about that and i don't know if it's the same now because the climate has obviously changed um it was very hot I do remember bringing the wrong clothes because I did not know October is supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, it's fall. Yeah. And I remember being in a winter sweater and boots and saying, gosh, it's hot here. And I remember the girl next to the television who was giving me the note saying, well, this is our summer. So when you come back again, September and October are the hottest months. And until recently, up till that time, a lot of the stuff had been when it gets really hot like that because that's when it, it happened. Um, but, yeah. it. <laughs> mm. What's the one visual still in your mind like I mean we're, you gave, you've given me a lot of details and obviously stories that have, have stayed in your mind or maybe came to mind after we started talking about this but is there one thing in your mind where you close your see? eyes yeah um, the guy holding the windsock the guy on um, on a like flagpole 
just mm -hmm. holding on for dear life as the thing is going. He was going to put a windsock up there, holding on to that, that and the policeman showing me the car. It was as big as my hand. My thanks to Susan Waldman for sharing her thoughts and memories about the events of October 1989. The Oakland A's finished the World Series in a four-game sweep of the Giants. Dave Stewart was named the series MVP. Oakland returned to the World Series the next year, swept by the Cincinnati Reds, and they have not been back to the World Series since. The Giants did not return to the World Series until 2010 when they won the first of three World Series championships in the decade. If you've missed any of our recent episodes of the 30 with Murdy podcast, please go back and check them out at the radio.com archive. Recent episodes include conversations with Ron Swoboda about the 69 Mets and with Kent Tocalvi about the 1979 We Are Family Pittsburgh Pirates. Make sure to subscribe and review at radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I'm Sweeney Murdy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.